Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So we talked about last week things that we need in our life in order to grow. Things that we need to grow. And if you remember, if you were here last week, I brought the plant from my office and I talked about things plants need to grow. I talked about things that people need to grow. And we talked last week about you need to read your Bible. And so what, what was my homework? If you were here last week, what was my homework for you? Read the book of Jonah. Let's just be honest, like class, be honest. How many of you read the book of Jonah this week? All right, good. Bonus points for all of you guys in heaven. No, I don't think that's really true. You get any bonus points. But, it, but you do learn more as you... So I you know, read, read the book of Jonah. I drove home to my uh, hometown in Yates Center, Kansas. Anybody else know where Yates Center, Kansas is? Yeah. How, you know where Yates Center, Kansas is? That's right. We talked about that, I think. Remember? You know where Yates Center is? Small, small southeast Kansas uh, town. I drove home to, to help my sister out with something. And on the way there, I listened to the book of Jonah over and over and over again on that about two-hour ride home to just, just get it in my head, just to get it, you know, so that I have it, have it there. So hopefully it can, can draw some stuff from the book of Jonah. And then on the way home, I listened to a guy named David Platt. Anybody know who David Platt is? David's a Bible teacher. He wrote a book called um, Radical. I think he wrote two books, Radical 1, Radical 2, whatever. But uh, anyway, so he, I listened to him talk about, he preached a message about the book of Jonah. It was a powerful, powerful time. So just another way to get the Bible in you uh, when, you're, when you're driving and when you sp- spend some time doing that. So let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the time to be together today. Thank you that when we stand in your love, when we're reminded of your love, it, it does help. God, we're strengthened by that. We're, we're encouraged by it when we face these things that we fear in this world that we live in. Uh, there's some big things that are going on in our world, but none bigger than you. And we know that. We acknowledge that today. Hopefully we, we can be encouraged by that today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So last we talked about reading the Bible and it helps us grow in our faith. And so on Thursday morning, I go to a chapel service at Northland Christian School, and then I hang out with some senior guys afterwards for the kind of process what the message was about. And so it's really kind of cool to kind of like stay connected to the younger generation, kind of see where they're coming from. And, and really, the truth is, nothing's new under the sun. <laughs> they're going through the same struggles that you and I have went through or are going through. It's just uh, more digital than it is, uh, you know, um, analog, right? It's more digital now than these days, but they're still going through the same thing. And so we, we heard this message, this guy talked about, out of John chapter 15, what it means to abide in Christ, to remain in the vine, like staying connected. And I think it's true that if you want to be effective and productive as a follower of Jesus, you've got to stay abide, you got to abide in his word. Now, I think I, think I made this statement and, and after I made the statement, I realized it's, it's, it's technically not true. Like, 
you can be a follower of Jesus and not read your Bible. I know that may not sound real biblical, but the reality is, is you can. I mean, there was a guy hanging on a cross next to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, please remember me uh, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me. He didn't have time to get off the cross and, and go through a theological discussion and just, you know, point one, two, and three of reading your Bible, but he put his faith in Jesus. So you can put your faith in Jesus, but I think once you put your faith in Jesus, reading your Bible is a great way to abide in him and to grow and to become a more mature and a more productive follower of Jesus. Because in it, in John chapter 15, it talks about producing fruit, right? We're supposed to produce good fruit. And the way to do that is to, to put good things inside of us so that good things will come out. So today we're going to talk about journaling. Do we have it up there? Good. Awesome. We're going to journal with Jonah today. We're going to, we're going to talk about the, the story of Jonah, and we're going to hopefully you'll be able to write some things down because we want you to know, go to the next slide. It is, um, journaling is about what is that God's saying to us through his word. So what does it say to you? That's internal. You're hearing it. And then what do you need to do with it? What's the external, what's the application of the word? Because I talked about a little bit this uh, last week, but in James chapter 1, it's, it speaks of you deceive yourself and you just merely listen to the word, but don't be a doer of the word. Can I get an amen? Yeah, if you just listen to the word, because you can come and be a, a real good student of listening to the word and you take it internally, but if you never go out and externalize it and apply it to your life, you're actually fooling yourself. It's like looking in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what it is that you see. And so learning how to apply the word to everyday life helps us grow and become more mature followers of Jesus. So listen to this quote. This um, friend of mine sent this to me after we were talking about uh, journaling and, and how important it is to, to write our words. This guy named Craig Groeschel, great, he's a founder, senior pastor of, of, what the, of Life Church. It's a huge church. has multiple sites all over the United States. And he, and he said this about journaling and writing down our thoughts. He said, when God says something to you, record it. Because your spiritual enemy is an expert at stealing the seeds of truth that God wants you to plant. You might keep a notebook just for such impressions and jot them down in your daily journal. God may show you something, and if you don't write it down or make some kind of record, that you can refer back to, it's way too easy to forget what he showed you. So I think even sometimes, like if you get a thought, like, oh man, I get this thought, and you're laying down in bed, which happens to me a lot, uh, if you have a notebook next to your bed, or get up and go write it down, or take a note of it, or record it however you need to, like do a little, you could have a recorder or whatever, and you can speak into it. Anybody still do that? I don't know if anybody does that anymore. My awareness of God's message to me seems to vanish unless I write it down. That's his that's his personal um, confession. He goes, my awareness of God's message kind of vanishes unless I write it down. It's like a dream. If you ever had a dream and you wake up and you try to remember the dream and it just fades away? It happens to me all the time. When I record it, though, it becomes a spiritual anchor that tethers me to God and to the consistency of his promises. Yes, I believe that God has spoken, and better than that, I have a reference point that I can return to, to be reminded of what it was that he said to me. So I think that's an important thing to think about. So a little background, a little background on Jonah. He was a prophet. 
He was a prophet who helped the northern kingdom of Israel kind of uh, fortify their boundaries against their arch enemy, the Assyrians. And these Assyrians were not just your average opponent. Just like the Chiefs tonight are playing the Patriots. And they're just not your average opponent. And so all of us Chiefs fans are counting on Mahomes to do his magic, right? To come through and to, to win. Now, if the Chiefs lose tonight, is life over? Please tell me it's not over. If it is over, you are, you're in trouble, all right? We need to talk more later. You know, yeah, we want them to win, but, but they're, they're an enemy. You know, it's like you're fighting against this other team. But the Assyrians were much more ruthless than any team the Chiefs will ever play, even though the Steelers play pretty dirty sometimes. That's just for you, Sam. Um, <laughs> these people were brutal. They would literally treat their enemies more like animals than people. They would skin people alive to, to torture them. And so Jonah was a huge part of helping the northern kingdom shore up its borders to protect themselves from these people. And so at one point, Jonah was a national hero. People, like, when they heard the name the prophet Jonah, he was this brave, like, guy that hears from God and speaks truth. And, and you can imagine Jonah's dismay when God calls him to go to Nineveh to preach a hard message to these people because Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. So it wasn't like he was asked to go to some just neutral place, you know, like, hey, go over to Smithville and preach the gospel. Instead, it's like, go into the inner city of Chicago and preach the gospel. You know, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy message that he was going to preach either. It wasn't like, hey, Jesus loves you, this I know, or the Bible tells me so. No, he was like, turn or burn from your sin. Interesting thought. Nineveh was literally uh, called... The place of the fish, or fish city. <laughs> right, so think about that. Just get that, wrap your mind around that. And at one point, it was the largest city in the world. It was a three-day, in Scripture it says it was a three-day walk. Now, I don't know if it meant it would take you three days to walk throughout the city or three days to walk from one end to the other end of the city. But I did some, some figuring on this because I, when I was driving home, I drove right past Ottawa, Kansas. And if you walked eight hours a day, it would take you three days to walk to Ottawa from here. Now, you could walk there in 24 hours, basically in a day, if you walk straight through, walking four miles an hour or whatever. But it'd be three days if you walk eight hours a day. So he comes into the city, and it's a three-day walk. So it's a big city. Now, it's a bit ironic, isn't it, that Jonah comes into the city after he was spit out of a fish. Okay, now work with me on this. I've been preparing this, all right, so I'm just preparing you for this. I'm sure the people thought that this strange man being in their city was just a little bit fishy. Come on. It's funny. It's funny. I'm sure he smelled... <laughs> A lot fishy. <laughs> right. So we're going to go through, we're going to go through some scripture together. Okay. 
Hopefully you have your Bible open. If you have your Bible with you to the book of Jonah, you can follow along. But it's going to be up here on the screen too, okay? So, can you read it? Can you see it okay? Can you see it okay? All right, let's read this together, okay? The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up. Are you reading it with me? Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. Jonah got up to flee, flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. David Platt pointed out this, uh, this interesting thought. From the time that Jonah heard the word of the Lord and went the other direction, things went downhill from there, which is a lesson for all of us. Kids, if you're a kid in the room, raise your hand. Kids, like just young people. Yeah, raise your hand. See it? If your parents ask you to do something and you do not do it, things will go downhill from that point. Can I get an amen, kids? And as we were, we knew that growing up. I just remember it in my own life. He, it went so far downhill from Jonah that he obviously, as we know by the story, ended up at the bottom of the sea in the belly of a fish. It doesn't get much lower than that. That's pretty low. The bottom of the ocean in the belly of a, of a fish. And so thinking about what does this say to you what do I need to internalize about this? And then what can God say to me about it and what do I need to do with this? What do I need to do with this when I walk out of here today? And so I'm going to give you just some thoughts that David Platt had and just we'll kind of make it our own today. Do we want our way more than we want God's will for our life? Do we want our way more than we want God's will? And how we answer that question and how we live that out matters. And it has implications for every area of our life. And I know more than, more than, um, more than one or two times in my life, when I wanted it to be my way as opposed to what God wanted for me, it went downhill. And sometimes pretty quickly. So that's just one example. That's just Jonah chapter one. We're going to look, for, we're going to look at an example from every chapter of Jonah. Four, four chapters, four unique stories actually kind of in themselves, and then it's a part of the bigger story too. So let's look at the next one. Jonah chapter two, verse six and seven. I sink to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raise my life from the pit, Lord my God, as my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Jonah prayed this prayer from the belly of the fish. Isn't it true that most of the grand truths of God, most of the things he's trying to speak to us, have to be learned By trouble, 
that com- comes into our life. Like it, it's not until it's burned into us by affliction that we apply this affection to God. Like it's until we experience this affliction that we actually decide that maybe we need to turn to the Lord. And in Jonah's case, it caused, it caused repentance. So what can you learn from this? What, how can you apply this? And here's a, here's a thought, and I posted this on my Facebook page yesterday. God's capacity to forgive is greater than our capacity to sin. Isn't that good news for all of us? His arm is not too short to save you. No matter where it is that you are, where it is that you've been, Here's the incredible news about God's grace. No matter where it is that you're going, his arm is not too short to save. It wasn't for Jonah. You know, it wasn't for the sailors on the ship that Jonah was on. If you read in Jonah chapter 1, you see God's mercy even to them. When they realize that it's Jonah causing the problem, then they cry out to Jonah's God. And they experience mercy. Unbelievable. God's grace is a gift that we don't deserve. And he gives it away freely to all kinds of people. Let's look at Jonah chapter 3. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Okay, Remember the first time in the beginning he tells him to go to Nineveh. He says, get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. This time, Jonah got up, went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Look at the next slide. We need to connect the mercy of God in our life with the mission of God in the world. We need to to recognize the mercy that has been shown to us and never get over that so that we can turn around and take it to others who need to hear about the same mercy. And in David Plass' message, he he hit really hard on the fact that, uh, it's funny because he was preaching this message on a 4th of July and, you know, and it wasn't, he was talking about how we, you know, we love America, we love our country, but, but we have to love God's mission more than we love even our own freedom and our own country. You know, yeah, God bless America, but God bless the people who live outside of this country who still have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people who we come in contact with every single day that might not appear to deserve it, just like the people of Nineveh. (laughs) But yet that is his mission for us in this world. That is the great co-mission that he calls us to, is to preach the gospel in all nations so that they might know, that they'd be reminded of what it was Jesus was, was teaching about and that they'd be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that there would be a mission in our life And we need to connect to that mercy. And so at least in this particular case, Jonah finally was obedient. And he went and he did what God called him 
to do. And he, and he went into the city, the three-day walk in the city. And then the first day, he preached and he told them, in 40 days, this place will be completely destroyed if you not, do not turn from your evil ways. Seems like a pretty harsh message, not a real popular one to preach, but it is reality that the wages of sin is death, and we will experience destruction if we do not turn from our wicked ways. Every single one of us. And it says in the story that from the least to the greatest, they repented, meaning they acknowledged their evil, and they said, we will turn from our evil. And they did it in such a way that they demonstrated their repentance by putting on sackcloth. It was like gunny sacks. It was taking off your fine clothes that are comfortable and feel good um, on you, but you take those off and you put on something that's uncomfortable to remind you of the uncomfortableness of sin. And it says even the animals put on sackcloth. Can you see the picture? This whole 120,000 people and animals, obviously, all wearing sackcloth. And the king himself did the same thing. He led the way and he told them, nobody will eat and drink. Nothing will be eaten or drinking in the city until God relents. And I don't know how long it went, how long they fasted and how long they prayed and they cried out to God. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been so serious about a situation in your life that you were willing to get that serious with God? Has there ever been a situation in your life that said, I will not eat or I will not drink until God comes through for me, until he shows himself to me faithfully. I don't, I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life that I've been that desperate. I mean, I remember a time in my life when I was pretty lost and pretty, I wasn't in the belly of a fish, but I was close. I mean, I was pretty low. And God relented. He showed mercy to these people. He spared their life, spared the city. And Jonah wasn't happy about it. <laughs> Do you have anybody in your life that you don't think deserves God's grace and his love and mercy? And when they're somehow doing better than you are, at least it seems anyway, you're mad about it? You're frustrated. Like, why are they? I have a story. Sorry, my ex-wife. Our marriage was over. She got a brand new car. And I was not happy about it. I was driving a piece of junk. And I'm thinking, this is not fair. Why is she get a new car? That's just a, this one little example from my own life. But we might think that there are people we know are worse than we are, but yet life seems to be better for them, and we just don't think it's fair. And Jonah was pretty obnoxious about how unfair he thought it was. And he even told God, that's the reason I didn't want to go in the first place. I ran from you because I knew you were going to show love and compassion to them, and I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to experience it. Man, but isn't it the heart of God <laughs> that he would have us show that kind of mercy and love to other people, especially people that we don't think deserve it? That's just how he is. 
He demonstrated that in sending Jesus to the earth. <laughs> Such an incredible way. Jonah chapter 4. Next slide. Is that the right one? Yeah. So the Lord said... You got to get this picture in the story. Uh, God sent Jonah a plant to give him shade, and then God sent a worm to <laughs> take the plant away. It's kind of a little illustration in Jonah's life. And the Lord said, "You cared more about the plant, which did not labor, o- which you did not labor over, and did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. But may I not care about the gr- great city of Nineveh, which has more than a hundred and twenty thousand people who cannot distinguish between." Their right and their left. See, they didn't know any better. All of us do. They didn't know any better. And he says, as well as many animals. Next slide. Are we more concerned about our own empty desires than we are about others' eternal destinies? It's a tough question. And I encourage you to wrestle with it. Wrestle with it as much as you need to. Internalize it. And then externalize it. Maybe God won't tell you to get up and go to a city like Nineveh. Or maybe he will. He might tell you to get up. Quit wallowing in your misery and your pity. And get busy honoring and serving him in some capacity. All throughout the book of Jonah, we see God's sovereignty over everything. (laughs) He's sovereign over the elements in the sea. He's sovereign over the hearts and minds of the people that that are in the story. He seems sovereign over the nature and over worms. He's sovereign. We see his mercy. We see his mercy towards Jonah. We see his mercy, obviously, towards the Ninevites. We see his mercy towards the the guys on the ship. And we see his mercy to you and me. Because in the story of Jonah, we see a picture of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jonah, three days in the belly of a fish. Jesus, three days in the, in the earth, in the tomb. Rising again. Rising again to come to you and me. To give us a way out of the death and destruction caused by sin. That's Jesus' message. internalize it and then go out of here and do something with it. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would speak to us this day. 
get our attention, even if it means we have to be thrown overboard, <laughs> whatever that looks like in our life. Whatever situation we find ourselves in today, whatever scenario that we, that we can relate to when it comes to the story. We know that you are full of compassion and kindness and love and your long-suffering and your, you long to teach us something. And, and when we call out to you, God, you hear us. Our, our prayers come up to you just like Jonah's prayer, no matter how low we, we are or where we've been. God, would you... Help us to not be so concerned about our own desires that we miss out on what it is that you're asking us to do here in, in our own homes, in our own communities, the places where we work, the places where we find ourselves at. Let's pray for men today that you'd give them courage to lead their families. Any of the fear that we sing about will go away as we stand up and lead. We would get up and we would go. Pray for hurting families. So many that I just became aware of even this early this morning of families that are hurting, that are not here because they're hurting today. I pray you would intervene. Send a fish to rescue them today. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.